the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Well, there you go. A goal in the semi-final. It's just been scored at uh, Eden Park in Auckland. Spain lead Sweden by one goal to nil. And that is after 80 minutes. Only 10 minutes of normal time remaining. Plus any time added on for stoppages. That's an update there for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. It's Spain 1, Sweden 0. Salma Celeste Anigorno of Spain has scored. She came on as a sub. And uh, Anigorno has put uh, Spain ahead, leading by one goal to nil against Sweden. So at the moment, Spain have uh, got one foot in inside the World Cup final for Sunday, even though the goal has been adjudicated at... Has it been dismissed, has it? No, the goal has been uh, is counted. I'm just looking behind me where the monitors are. Uh, did go to VAR just to double-check, as they tend to do these days in all goals, and it was given the full clearance by the VAR panel. So it is Spain 1, Sweden nil. as he's just touched down in Sydney Airport. It's a Football West CEO, Jamie Harnwell. Jamie, thanks for your time. No, my pleasure, Peter. All happening in Auckland, uh, New Zealand at Eden Park. Spain, as I mentioned, look like they may have one foot in the World Cup final door on Sunday there at the Sydney Stadium, where you will be tomorrow night. Uh, And even though you're there in official capacity, I reckon the supporter and the fanatic inside Jamie Harmel will be there for all to see. Oh, I think the fan has been in uh, in me for virtually every game I've been able to attend for this Women's World Cup. It's been uh, it's been incredible atmosphere, great football, uh, and just just a privilege to be able to go to some of these games and and hopefully see Matildas win tomorrow night. You wrote an article actually in the West Australian this morning the impact that this uh, tournament has had on so many. Can you just quickly give us a bit of a snapshot for those people that may not have caught the article in the West today? Yeah, well, I think the the Matildas have gone above and beyond what uh, any other women's sporting team, virtually any other sporting team, has Australian sporting team has done before, and and really put football uh, in front of people. Uh, the viewership, the the uh, numbers at the games have been huge, and we need to make sure that the uh, you know the investment to back that up is is justified, and that uh, the next generation of players and supporters. Uh, know that uh, the facilities and infrastructure are there for them uh, moving forward. So saying that, that is the most important thing. You know, Graham Arnold, uh, when uh, the Socceroos got through to the round of 16, was saying we need we need injection, we need uh, investment in the world game here in Australia. Do you think this hopefully may wake up a few of these parliamentarians? Oh, look, from uh, going off what's been going on record across uh, a number of different uh, politicians, I think we're in for, you know, a lot of uh, lot of good news in the coming weeks and months. But, you know, seriously, you know, it's not about necessarily the next Socceroos and Matildas. It's about the supporters, the fans and the players having an environment that they can feel comfortable in, that they want to play in um, and that they, uh, you know, feel safe in, in participating in the World Game. Well, you are certainly connected to women's football here in Australia. You were the coach of the Perth Glory women's side for about, I think, about three seasons. You also spent a season at Adelaide United as well. Uh, Now, that was probably 
probably seven, eight years ago when you were at Adelaide United coaching the women's side there. Did you ever foresee that something like this could happen? Oh, look, we, you always hoped and you always knew that the potential was there for for these players, this, this team, to really capture the sporting public's uh, imagination and attention. To see it happen, to see it in the flesh is incredible. Um, you know, again, we, we hoped and we knew that the tournament would be big, but uh, to see how big it has been is uh, just... Yeah, it uh, it pays tribute to all the work that has gone through over a long number of years to bring the game to, the, to what it is at this point in time. I think what's really uh, solidified a lot of people's belief is the undercurrent of support uh, for the game. Now, Spain are playing Sweden at Eden Park in Auckland tonight. They lead still by one goal to nil, the Sp- a Spanish side. The Eden Park holds 50,000 and it's a sellout. So... I think, and there's a lot of Spanish people in the crowd, there's Swedish people in the crowd, and there's people that probably just bought tickets hoping to go to a semi-final regarding, regardless of what nation was there. Have you seen that? And you would have seen that with the games played here at HBF Park. Yeah, absolutely. It is partly, it's the event, and people want to be associated with big events, and you don't get much bigger than the, the Women's World Cup, but they also want to go and watch the football. They want to be part of the atmosphere, and to have uh, you know teams playing in Perth where realistically there's no direct connection, um, there's no Matildas, there was no England, no powerhouses necessarily of uh, of uh, women's football. Due respect to Canada, who who probably could just qualify for that, but uh, to see the attendances, to see the the noise that was generated throughout the ground, just showcases what football is all about and why it is so revered across the world. But you would have come across, as I have, of young females, middle-aged women, even elderly women that had no connection with the game. I'm talking about women because that's who I've experienced all of a sudden jumping on board and following this team. Yeah, that, that, it's certainly right. We, you know, we've seen support come across uh, all aspects. Of, you know, I think uh, probably for me even more surprising is the, is the young boys with, with Kerr on their back, with the dads with Kerr on their back, taking their daughters to the game, the investment. Um, from those people looking and no longer seeing a male or a female sporting person, they are seeing a football player um, and supporting them wholeheartedly. I had my, my boy's 13th birthday party on uh, Saturday and, and I had six or seven 13-year-old boys transfixed by what was happening on the screen for 30 or 40 minutes um, without care of, of what sex they were. So, And that, that's the real power of this Women's World Cup for me. Real drama uh, in Eden Park, Auckland. Sweden have just equalised, Jamie. Uh, Spain went ahead in the 80th minute and there's just been a goal for Sweden literally uh, probably five minutes after the Spanish went ahead. So we're looking at 1-1 and we could be heading into extra time. And it's a brilliant goal too, just having a look at the vision. A strike from basically just outside the penalty area going into the top right-hand corner. And the quality of the football's been good, hasn't it? Oh, it has. It's the best players in the world, the best teams in the world. I think there was some concern when the, the number of teams expanded as to whether that would affect the quality. But really, we've seen very few blowouts. We've seen great competitive games, the likes of Haiti, uh, Morocco qualifying for the next uh, next round. It's It's been a, a real joy to see. And, and again, showcasing the, the best of what football can be. How do you think Australia can go tomorrow night? Uh, deep down, you know, hand on your heart, how do you think it'll play out against uh, a formidable opponent? England, as we know, are the Euro champions. Yeah, look, it's, it's a difficult game. Um, you know, England don't come in in the best of form, but it's a World Cup semi-final. They've got world-class players. They've been there, done that. Um, 
Australia have world-class players. This is their first time. There's a huge crowd, 75,000 people behind them. It is going to be an incredible match. Uh, I believe the Matildas can win. I know they can win, but they need to turn up and play very well tomorrow to beat a good England team. Guess what's happened? Spain have just scored, and they've just gone 2-1 up. So, Jamie, we've seen two goals in a minute. Uh, Amazing. 80th minute, Spain went up 1-0, and the... Swiss just equalised a short time ago. In fact, the Swedes just equalised a short time ago. Now Spain have just scored one in the 90th minute. It's just gone the 90th minute. Another great shot. Again, from the edge of the penalty area, a left foot shot that has just curled into the top right-hand corner. Quality goals, and it's now Spain 2, Sweden 1. So drama in Auckland... Uh, let's hope we don't have similar drama tomorrow night. Let's hope that the Matildas can get through uh, quite easily, not like the drama we had against France. What did you think of that epic uh, the other night? Oh, it was incredible. And, you know, people call football boring. It was a, a nil-nil game that had every single gamut of emotions that you would like to have. Um, it's never nice winning or losing. Well, it's nice winning a game on penalties. It's not nice losing a game on penalties, but... In terms of a game to capture the imagination of, of all of Australia, that was that was the one. Um, and you just hope that the Matildas have been able to put that to bed, have been able to refocus and concentrate on a very important game tomorrow night. Yeah, seven minutes of added time in this semi-final. Spain lead by two goals to one over Sweden. Jamie, I know you've got so much on, and we appreciate your time. You've just got off a plane. What about the legacy once it's over on Sunday? What do you think this will mean for the world's most popular game here in Australia? Well, it's in the it's in first and foremost it's in everyone's eyes now. It's being talked about at all levels of um, society, from from the kids all the way through to grandmas and granddads. It's being talked about by business, by government. It leaves that we know that participation has already spiked. We know it will continue to grow, um, and we need to assist our clubs to make sure they they manage that and they provide a great environment for these young girls and these women who want to come and play and and try our game. And, and we want to make sure, as I said earlier, that there's a there's the infrastructure and facilities in place that supports them to do that so they, they can play and, and learn to grow and, and love the game that, that I have for many, many years now. Good on you, Jamie. Enjoy tomorrow night. I think you'll be the envy of a lot of people listening into the program here this evening. Enjoy it. And, and I gather if the Matildas win tomorrow night, you might just hang around until Sunday. I might be attending the game on Sunday night, I think. Uh, either way, I'm hoping to get myself over here for it. Good on you. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. Have a good time. Cheers, man. Good on you. Jamie Harnwell, the CEO of Football West, joining us. Gee, that is a real drama-filled game. Unbelievable. For 80 minutes, it was nil-nil, and now we've scored, seen three goals in the matter of uh, less than 10 minutes. And Spain, as they're playing time added on for stoppages now, lead by two goals to one. Olga Camona has uh, put Spain in front. And as I mentioned, seven minutes of added time being played. We'll come back and give you the full-time scoreline in just a moment. But Elijah Hewitt, of course, won the Rising Star uh, nomination yesterday. And it's the third West Coast Eagles young player that's uh, got a nomination this year, which is terrific. Now, earlier today, he caught up with Dwayne Russell from SEN in Melbourne. Just had a, a brief chat. And I thought we'd just play a couple of minutes of that. Uh, congratulations to him. He spoke very well, actually. So from Dwayne's world, here's uh, Elijah Hewitt from the West Coast Eagles uh, talking to Dwayne Russell after, of course, winning the nomination for the uh, AFL Rising Star yesterday. It's been a tough year, um, and I think we can all acknowledge that. Um, we're out as a club um, as well. And, and I think we're trying to really focus on our process right now. Obviously, the last few weeks, 
um, is, you know, I guess the last few months have been quite tough uh, with injuries and everything everything being said. But, yeah, as I said, we're chasing process and um, hopefully the next last two, last two rounds of the season we can, um, we can put together some good performances for our fans. So I think um, as you kind of get up to the ranks and, and then obviously when you start playing consistent football, it's now for me it's probably less about getting games. It's more about winning and obviously... Right now, that it's tough, but um, I think with some great some great players around me, um, you know, Luke Chuiz, who's just announced his retirement. I've been you know learning off these guys for the last few months. who are incredibly selfless players, and they've been you know great to the game and some of the greatest Eagles to ever live. Um, so yeah, to learn off these guys and see how they approach it amidst you know the the troubles they went through, kind of you know 2010 when they won the wooden spoon, to see how these guys all went about it and the the advice and everything's rubbing on and off. Um, on me and some of the other younger boys is um, is great. It is a new era about to dawn with you and Ruben Jimby and a few of the younger players coming through. And I mean, let's face it, uh, you've got a lot of young players who are really good. Oscar Allen's going to be a, a big star of the competition as well. So, And Nick Natanui retired as well this week. So there, there seems to be a stock of new West Coast Eagles we're going to see next year. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're somewhat right. Um, we... Yeah, we've got a big future ahead of ourselves and, and we're confident as a playing group and as a young group that um, it's all going to come together with the right leadership. And we're in the transition phase right now. You know, we want to respect all the players that, that, that are exiting, um, exiting the game and, and we love them and we're really close to them. Um, but we're also trying to, you know, put, keep putting our best foot forward and um, get this leadership group intact and, and propel us into, into next season and have a great off-season and pre-season and set us up to play some great footy next year. Have you had much to do with Nick Natanui? I'm not sure what your locker setup is like in the West Coast Eagles rooms or how old style it is, but your locker's right next to Nick's. Has he been in much? Have you had much of a chat to him? Yeah, not not as much as the other boys. Obviously, Nick's kind of on his own program most of the year. But he is next to him. We, we do get along quite well. We're both Swan Districts boys, so we, we got something to um to chat about. And, um, yeah, he's just a genuinely great guy. I'm sure we've had something to do with him. He's... um. He's a good guy and he's always offering the help in the hand. Speaking of being a WA boy, were you pretty happy when you got your name called out by the West Coast Eagles because there were a few other teams that were after you? Yeah, I, I wasn't too phased when I went around the country. I just wanted to play football. It's been my dream since I was a kid. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess to get drafted to the Eagles was incredible to stay home with the family and the friends. And looking in hindsight now, it, it just worked out, you know, in, incredibly well. Um, but, but as I said, I, I wasn't too phased. I just wanted to play for football. But the way it worked out, just looking back, it's just incredible. Yeah, good on you, uh, Elijah. Your congratulations there with Dwayne Russell on uh, SEN in Melbourne a bit earlier today. Uh, and just before you wrap up for Polaris, plate clearance deals on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. Just repeating the uh, big story today. Five days after Trek Conchard called it quits, uh, fellow triple uh, Richmond Premiership hero Jack Revolt has joined his teammate in retirement. 786 goals uh, and led the Tigers goal-kicking in 11 of his 17 seasons. Uh, terrific, the 34-year-old. Uh, he considered playing on next year after kicking 31 goals in an up-and-down season for Richmond, but then decided to give it away. Now, it's still Spain 2, Sweden 1. It is seven minutes of added time. It's a corner to Sweden. I won't be able to bring you the full-time result, but a corner for Sweden in a drama-filled last 10 minutes or so where three goals have been scored. In fact, it's not a corner for Sweden, Jimmy. It's a free kick for Spain. Go back to basketball, I'll tell you. 
Okay, here we go. I'll be back again tomorrow in the perfect build-up to the match that gets underway. Six o'clock Western Standard Times the Matildas uh, against England. Some exciting stuff. Thanks for joining us today. And make sure you listen to the Matildas tomorrow night after Sports Day here on SEN.